You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. You're listening to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I'm your podcast host, Sally Batten, and I spent over 35 years coaching collegiate equestrian teams. The British Horse Society Intensive Certification Program is recognized in 35 countries worldwide. Pursue your international certification at Stony Burnham Equestrian Center, located in historic Greenfield, Massachusetts. The Stony Burnham Equestrian Center is the only British Horse Society approved center in New England. The rigorous program begins each fall for students aged 17 and above who are interested in earning their international trainer's passport, qualifying them for equestrian careers locally, regionally, and globally. Learn more at stonyburnhamschoolorg backslash equestrian. Welcome back, everyone, to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I'm your podcast host. I've been interviewing collegiate coaches and riders and organizations and affiliated organizations. And, and today's guest and topic is one of those affiliated. I am talking to George Halkett, and we are talking about the British Horse Society, or BHS. And uh, George is a BHS international senior coach, and he directs the Stonely Burnham School Equestrian Center here in uh, Massachusetts. A native of Scotland, Halkett returned to Stonely Burnham School in 2012 after a successful tenure in higher education. Uh, throughout his career, he has been active in competition and instruction. He served as a member of the Queen's Household Cavalry in the British Army, competed internationally, and coached students to international competitions, including the FEI Samsung International Volvo World Cup and the International Intercollegiate World Championships. So welcome, George. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sally. So just briefly, your your, uh, foray into higher education, you were the director of? Well, I, I was uh, when I originally came to the United States, which was back in '97. Uh, I was I came over to start the Savannah College of Art and Designs program. So oh. that was my that was my first initial coming to the United States. Okay. Um, so I ran that. Pro- I started the program actually. Um, when I flew over, there was just uh, I was given a room. That was it. I had no barn, no horses, nothing. Oh. And, then, and then I was just told to start the program. Um, so I ran the program for four years, uh, which then I moved up here to Stony Burnham School. Yeah, um, was at Stony Burnham School for a while, and then I got the opportunity to start Albion College's program. So I was uh, in Michigan. In and, Michigan, yes. And I've and had so I, I've had their coaches on the podcast. Yeah, I I, I listened to them; and they were great. Yeah. Um, so I went to Albion, uh, started their program, um, was there for ten years, and then. Uh, I was asked to come back to Stonely Burnham School, which I've been here for 10 years now again. Okay. So um, Stonely Burnham School is a, a high school, private high school. A middle, uh, middle and high school. Middle and high school. school. Okay. In, in, in Greenfield, Massachusetts. Right. And uh, But the, the reason that 
I'm talking to you today is about the British Horse Society. And, and I've been wanting to get you on the podcast. I think most of us remember, was it books or videos? Uh, was it called Horse Masters? There, like when I was a kid growing up, I, I knew of the British Horse Society somehow. Do you know? That that was probably the Horse Masters Notebook. I think that was one of the common books out in, in the day. Okay. Um, with the British Horse Society, um, I mean, I've, I've been doing this uh, pretty much most of my life, um, training, either training in the program or training uh, trainers for uh, going through the program. Um, the, the, it used to be in the UK that uh, a lot of Americans used to come over and train over in the UK. Right. Uh, to get their BHS exams. Right. And their international exams. But then. Uh, I think due to the cost now of going over there, it's so expensive not only to go there, but to stay and train, um, that there's very few people that go over there now. Right. Uh, however, the British Horse Society now have expanded and they're uh, in many other countries um, doing this kind of program. Obviously, there's myself here in the United States, and we're the only high school in the United States that does the BHS training program. And there are a few other uh, colleges or universities that are doing this program as well. Right. So before we get into that, um, let's talk about you. How, how did you, uh, where did you grow up in Scotland? How did you start riding? Talk about the British Horse Cavalry. That sounds very exotic. So <laughs> talk about your your background. Well, um, finishing high school in the in the UK, we finished at 16 years old. So okay. um, I went straight into work, but then um, worked with horses um, when, when I was younger, started as a groom, mucking out stables, uh, then got promoted to head lad, which is like feeding and having the responsibility. Uh, one of the instructors asked me if I would be interested in riding, um, even though I'd sat and watched riding for over a year, just in the lessons, and um, started, my, uh, started my riding lessons, uh, loved it, um, was one of those natural people uh, as my coaches said, you're just natural at this. Um, yeah, one, one of those, one of those, as we say, one of those naturals. <laughs> exactly. You know, so uh, for those of us that have to work at it, we, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and so I was very fortunate that I had some great instructors um, who kind of put me on the path. But then um, as a rider, I decided that I wanted to join the military. So um, my, my, my father was military. My my uh, uncle was military. Our family is pretty much military. Okay. And so I went into the military. Um, but I thought to myself, well, if, uh, if I'm a rider and a horse person, then I may as well join the household cavalry. Um, so I decided to apply for the household cavalry. Uh, for those who don't know, it's not just you apply and get in. You have to sit tests and that to get in. And if I wanted to join the military, I wanted to be in the best of the best, um, which the household Cavalry is the most senior um, regiment in the British horse in in in, in the British Army, um, and the lifeguards which I was in um, the lifeguards there's the lifeguards and the Blues and Royals, and the lifeguards are the most senior regiment in the British Army. So okay. if I was going to do anything, then I wanted to be in the best group. So I just I I managed to get into the lifeguards, which is basically the Queen's bodyguards, and uh, our job is to escort the Queen wherever she goes on ceremonial duties. Um, but we also have ceremonial duties that we do at Horse Guards, um, which is run every other day. Uh, so the Blues and Royals are on one day, and then the Lifeguards are on the next. 
uh, we we go to horse guards, which is actually the it goes back for you know many many years, where the horse guards is the official entrance to Buckingham Palace. Okay, uh, even though it's like a mile away, okay. uh, the, the, that's the official entrance to Buckingham Palace. So our job is to guard that, and that's just ceremonial. Okay, I think um, when I was in England a few years ago, uh, or in London, I was able to tour uh, a stable. Is that was that the horse guards? Right. They have a museum now. Yeah, uh, that's where yeah, I was. Yeah, they have a, a museum. They never used to, but now they do, which yeah. I think is very good. And you can yeah, and you can put on the hats and... Correct, yeah, <laughs> on the armor and that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then um, what happened next after you got out? So I got out of the military and I still wanted to be with horses. And so in the United Kingdom, we have uh, obviously the British Horse Society training program and, and I did see the, um, I listened to your podcast with the Pony Club, um, with Jennifer yep. Sweet. Yes. And um, the Pony Club is a feeder program in the in the UK for the British Horse Society. So okay. as a young person growing up, you'll do the Pony Club. And then if you want to become a professional or have a career in horses, then you went to the British Horse Society and did their exam system. So uh, after leaving the military, I thought, well, um, I want to be with horses. I still want to do horses. So I decided that um, if I wanted to do anything with horses, especially in the UK, you have to be certified to do that. Okay. And so we went. I went through the British Horse Society training system. Um, back then, it was the horse masters and the AI or the assistant instructor. Um, the systems have changed a little bit but they're pretty much based just like the pony club systems. And okay. that's why I also love when I get a pony club person, because I know that they yeah. have this structure about them, not only in their riding, but yes. also in their horse knowledge and stable management. Yes. So, yeah, so I, I, I started training with my exams and, uh, you know, moved bonds. Uh, the reason I moved bonds was to find more uh, experienced instructors that could take me up the levels and that. Uh, and here at Stonely Burnham School, we do to the international level one uh, here, which okay. uh, gives you the international level one license. Okay. So before we start talking about the program at Stonely Burnham, so I just heard you say in the UK, riding instructors have to be certified. Correct. I am. I talk about this as much as I can in this podcast because we need that in the United States. And I feel it's a travesty that I always say you need a license to cut hair, but not to put a child on a thousand pound horse. I personally have gotten as many certifications as I can, at, but not everybody does that. Anybody can just hang a shingle. And, and I just hope that even one of these kids listening to this podcast someday uh, sets the, the wheels in motion that in the United States, you have to be certified to teach riding. Yeah, I, and, and and that is how it is in Europe as well. You have to be certified to teach um, riding lessons. And just as you said, putting somebody on a horse and not knowing safety, um, level of horses, level of riders, uh, being competent um, is really detrimental to our sport. Yeah, uh, and not being able, a lot, a lot of people can't even read the horse. You know, and, and anticipate what is going to happen. Yeah, and and so there's a lot of the a lot of young and older riders who may start who have, and I hear it all the time. These horror stories of people coming off. I was 
you know, thrown on a horse and it just started running around with me and I fell off. And, and their whole career now in riding is gone because they're not going to oh, get yeah. back on one again. Um, yeah. So I think there is a process and that's something that we teach. Um, you know, there's a process of doing this. Yeah, I'm, I'm an expert. One of my other many jobs, I'm an expert witness for equine law cases. I so, do the same as well, Sally. Yeah. So yeah. imagine what we hear. We mm-hmm. hear the worst of the worst. But Correct. sometimes I just scratch my head and I'm like, oh, what were they thinking? But anyways, that's a whole nother podcast. So let's talk about the program at Stonely. Talk about how it started and your new exciting uh, program. Venture. That yeah. I just I just saw Piper uh, Clem and the plaid horse just put something in their magazine. Right. Yes. Uh, well, uh, here at Stony Burnham School, we train our students along the lines of the British Horse Society, um, and and that's not saying every rider who comes here does it. They don't. They have a choice. They. Um, I, I always say, if you want to, you don't have to sit the exams. Um, but if you're just passionate about horses and want to learn about horses and with the British Horse Society system, it's not a system that we say this is the only way we're okay. saying that this is a way that we feel is safe and um, it's safe in training horses and training riders and giving people an experience. And so we not everybody here who rides uh, at Stonely actually uh, does the BHS program but around between 10 and 15 every year do the program. And some of them are on it for four years, some of them are on it for three, and some come in different levels of riding or even knowledge. Uh, one of the things that I do find within the program with students is that I have a lot of students that come to the school that are good dressage riders, good hunt seat riders, they can jump big fences, but they don't know why. And they don't yeah. know why they do things. Or yeah. uh, I, I tell a story, I had a dressage rider and uh who came to the school we were we had a dressage arena we were working she was an upper level rider and i said to her okay so we're we're going to look at the arena here as we're riding and uh you know we're six meters from the corner the arena let us are 12 meters apart we're going to ride our 20 meter circle we're going to work on our tangent points and she turned (laughs) around and said is this a math class or we're going to ride today So it's like, well, there's a little bit more to it than just writing what we're doing and literally have an understanding. So within the British Horse Society, we break it all down. Uh, We give reasons why we do things. And and this is why we do it. Now, we can have uh, different variations of what we're doing, and that's fine. Um, But, you know, we have kind of a basis to work off all the time. Um, So our, our, our program, our students go through it depending on their level of riding, um, you know, they can do it in two years, three years, four years. Uh, there's no, there's no rush to do it. And like I say, not everybody sits the exams. Now, the exam system uh, here at Stonely, I take them on their stage one horse knowledge, care and riding. Uh, so they have the riding portion, which is very basic. They have their stable management, just basic points of the horse saddle and that uh, nothing too complicated. I always say if they get through the exam with me for the stage one, they're well on their way to their stage two. Um, now, it, when we do, when we is do, it, our, is it um, verbal and practical or is it all written? It's all verbal and practical. It's all hands on. There's no written exams whatsoever. Okay. Back okay. in the day, there used to be written exams, but now it's all practical okay. because the industry requires practical thinking and hands-on people who can do right. the job. That's right. Uh, the exams are actually pass or fail. So you either can do it or you can't. Okay. It, 
nobody cares if you tried hard. It, it really, you either can do it, you can yeah. bend it well, or you can't. Yeah. Um, so I do the first exam. And then when we do the second exams, whether they're stage two, stage two teaching, stage three, stage three teaching, which is the level that we do here, uh, the examiners fly in from the UK to do that. Okay. Uh, and we have uh, an exam. Uh, we just had one this past year. Uh, we had it in May. It ran for, from Monday through Friday for a week. Um, we had a 98% pass rate, which was really good. Yeah. Um, the ones that did fail, they might have failed one part of their exam. So they might be taking like 10 courses and failed two of them, or this person failed one and somebody else failed one bit. Okay. Um, because it, you have to be able to do it on the day. Uh, it yeah. doesn't matter how well you do it during the week, but on that day when your exam is being taken, uh, if you you know don't lunge in a safe manner or work the horse correctly or be able to discuss what you're doing and what you're looking for, um, then you just fail. Um, right. Now, just like the Pony Club, which um, Jennifer Sweet mentioned, um, nowadays, if you fail a portion of it, you can reset just that portion. Okay. Back in the day, you failed one part, you failed everything. Oh, it boy. Was lot, it was a little bit tougher then. Um, yeah. It's still, it, there's a standard that we're trying to keep all the time. So it's really important that we have this standard so that people continue that standard. We don't right. want it to be kind of watered down. Um, I've failed some of my own students. I've taught sure. them and I failed sure. them. Yeah. Um, because on the day, they're just not up to standard. Um, and I think that's what gives the integrity of the, the program is that it's not a given. It's not you show up, you do your lectures, you do your writing, and it's an automatic pass. Right. It's not. Right. Um, so um, so we're really excited about doing that here. So we've been doing uh, the program for our students for the last uh, 10 years or so, nine years and uh, had multiple people going through the program and passing and getting their licenses. Um, I do have trainers that come from outside who are not obviously here. They come, they're local trainers. They may come in and they train with me. They've been sitting their exams as well. Oh, nice. Um, during the course of the year, they run their own businesses. And uh, I try That's and work great. with them because I think it's very important um, that as a, as a trainer, we, we work together. We're I find here in America, we're always seem to be in competition with each other for some right. reason. Right. And um, I don't I don't think that, you know, we work our students here and then they go away for the summer to compete. And I think that's great. They go back to their old trainers, yeah. they compete for the sun and we're proud of them and, yeah. and then come back and, OK, what do we need to work on for you to be successful next summer? Because we don't travel with our students. Right. Right. And, and I see that because I'm a traveling clinician when I go to. Hawaii or Alaska, you know, when, uh, when mm -hmm. I go to a specific area, a bunch of barns will have me clinic, but there are some that I've never set foot in. And it's because of that. I don't know if they're worried, like, I'm not going to steal your clients. I live in New Hampshire, right, right, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so for, for this part of the program where it's your, your students that already go to Stonely Burnham, do they pay an extra fee and you know when they sign up to do the bhs testing well, well they, when they do the exams yeah so there's a fee uh, because that fees comes from england because the the uh, examiners fly in from england their hotel and whatever so there is a fee there's a fee to to pay that but stonely uh, burnham you you stonely burnham doesn't charge a fee to them to okay, do this. okay. to who to, to the students to, uh for the students paying to stonely burnham school 
to get your training for all this stuff? Well, they pay for their lessons. So as part of the lessons, we have a a lesson program here, which the students pay extra when they come to school. Right. uh, For for the program. So it's part of that. The the writing part is part of that included. And they pay an additional, uh, a smaller fee for lectures because they lectured uh, a BHS student here training at Stonely will ride three days a week and they will lecture twice a week. One's a practical and one's a theory. Okay. Um, so they do it in, in, in the classroom and then in the barn. So, and they have that every week. Uh, okay. So that would be a full-time rider. Um, but a normal full-time rider rides four days a week here at Stonely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what, so what we've been doing is we've been doing our students and a, and a few outside people and trainers. Um, and that's kind of brought me to the, to the need of, well, what about if we brought people or students in who um, maybe want a gap year? You know, they leave high school and they think, well, I'm just going to take a gap year. Um, what about those students? What about students who maybe think, well, I don't really want to go to college or university but I want to work with horses. How, how do I do that? Um, so we've just started, we're starting in 2003 now, in, in starting in May, uh, will be our 12-month courses will start, where a student will immerse themselves into training and in a full-time training program, where they will, you know, be on the barn at seven in the morning, and they will train um, every day, uh, Monday through Friday training, uh, they will, there will be barn chores, they will be uh, just running a barn, understanding how to run a barn, they're riding, uh, lunging, jumping, whether it's um, show jumping or cross country, obviously. Um, and then learning teaching as well. Uh, they will just literally do that five days a week. That, that's their job. Um, um, like I say, there is lectures where there are written stuff in the lectures. Obviously, everybody has to take notes. And I try and teach my students that how, how important notes are. Uh, the notes that I lecture from are the notes that my instructors lectured me. And so, as I say, if you become an instructor, how do you teach somebody if you don't, because we don't remember everything, we, right. we don't. We have to refer to our notes right. um, on, on different subjects, and that, or to refresh our memories or stuff like that. And so, uh, without writing the notes, then you don't have your like your Bible, or your, you know. Um, and we can add to the notes, uh, like my students to do what I call background work. Um, you know, we might talk on a subject, and uh, and then I say, yeah why don't you go find some more information about that? There's lots more out there. And uh, and they do. And we discuss that in maybe another lecture when they come back. They say, hey, I found out about this. Oh, well, that's great. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, we, you know, we do, we just did um, a couple of weeks ago, we did um, with the microscope um, looking for worms and stuff like that, how to do worm counts. And uh, I mean, it's very old school. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we send our, our um, feces off to be tested, you know, so we, we don't physically do that ourselves, right. um, but that's how we used to do it. And, and yeah. just to have that, you know, to see, you know, the eggs and the worms and stuff under a microscope is great, you know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> and to be able to do that. So, um, you know, there's all lots of different things that we do in the stable management, um, but it's all geared to being very practical, you know, yeah. um, no, you know, we want people to be on our barns that can do it. Yeah. You know, I, I hear sometimes, um, or I've heard in the past that some colleges and universities, 
you know, bandaging or lunging is an elective. Uh, I'm thinking that's a kind of like yeah. something you better know. Yeah. Um, it's not a choice whether you should do that or not. You should know. Those these. are the basics. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Um, so we're starting this program uh, this coming um, summer. Uh, we, do have, we have a, a nine month course and a 12 month course, very intensive. Uh, the, the difference between the 12 and the nine month course is basically whether students are competent enough or how much knowledge they have. Okay. Because um, if they are, you know, decent riders, uh, you know, uh, in flat and jumping, and that um, they have, a, you know, a fairly good understanding of stable management, um, then I could probably get them through in nine months. Okay. Um, if, if they're weaker in their riding, it's going to take me a little bit longer to get them okay. up to the standard required. Right. Um, but you know, we do the BHS professional, what we call pathways. And you can just do just as we talked about or was talked about with the Pony Club. Um, you know, you could just be a professional rider. You can just be a professional groom. Mm -hmm. um, what we do is a coach in complete horsemanship, which basically means that you train as, you know, your stage, um, your stages, your stable management, your riding and your coaching. Mm -hmm. So, the disciplines we teach and train in are dressage, show jumping, and cross country. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to ride in those three disciplines, train horses in those three disciplines, and teach riders in those three disciplines, um, as well as then your stable management, which will be your typical farrier, veterinary, um, grassland management, uh, understanding that, but then also lunging horses, whether you're lunging you know, your typical quiet little horse for lunging, um, you know, for your beginner, or you have that uh, young kind of excitable horse that needs to be lunged and and and, and, uh, and worked. So the, the system covers a lot of areas of horsemanship. Right. So this program that's starting in May of 23, I'm just making sure because I, mm -hmm. I thought you said 2003. <laughs> So we're, we're not going back in time. No, right. May of, of 23. Um, and how many spots do you have in that program? And is there housing or do they have to find their own housing? Okay, that's a good question. So um, we're only taking four to six um, students for that. It's Oh, it's wow. Just, this, is, this is not something that, oh, if I get 40 students. No, that's not what it's about. It's okay. about training people who are passionate who want to learn and who want to gain their international license. And so if you're aged between 17 and 20 years old and okay. a female, you can stay here at the school in one okay. of the dorms, just like in college. So you, you have a dorm room, you can eat in the dining hall, uh, you can use the gym and the weight training or whatever at school. So, um, but again, you're just here at at the writing program. That that's that's what you're doing. And uh, so we have that now. If you are um, over the age of twenty, uh, and male or female can do this now, over the age of twenty, you can you know you can still do the course, but you may have to rent a place in town or locally okay. uh, because we can't house over twenty because we're a middle school and a high school. Right. Uh, so we have rules and regulations of what we can do. But between the ages of seventeen to twenty, um, female can live in and train here full time. And if you're over the age of 20, male or female, you can still be on the course, but we'll we'll help you find other accommodation to do that. And obviously a male 17 to 20, 
could do it also, 17 and up, but he has to find alternative housing. Correct, because we can't, we're an all-girls school. We can't right. have, uh, right. yeah, people, well, we, we we do have males living on campus, but. All uh, heck would break loose. Correct. Thank you. <laughs> so um, so the, the, if you're 17 to 20 and female, you can uh, live in the dorm. Is there an extra fee for that? Correct. There is. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It will okay. be just no different than going to a college and, and being housed in a college right. dorm or you get an apartment off campus. It, right. It's the same thing. Right. Um, and I understand that May or uh, Stonely Burnham is out. So for the summer, until the students come back, you just have those students. How how do you manage it or how are you going to manage it once the students come back? Are are they going to be mixed together or are your um are you calling this program something special or is it all just British Horse Society? Well, it's British Horses are intensive riding. Intensive. Program. Yeah. So are your intensive students separate from your Stonely Burnham students or does everybody mix together? Well, pretty much everybody will mix together. And 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 uh, because even if they start in May, we have our summer camp programs. We 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 go all through the summer. Um we have a seven-week uh, summer camp program that we run and um when these intensive writing students start, well, obviously they'll be doing lectures, but they'll be also helping and working um, because they start their teaching. You know, for those who are going to do we the, the quicker we can start their teaching. Now, when the teaching is being done or the writing is being done or anything's being done with these intensive students, they are never on their own. They always have a, they will have a, a certified instructor with them um, okay. because it's always about it's and it's going back to being certified. We're not going to throw somebody into teaching a lesson and not monitor that to make because we need safety. You know, right. we need to make sure everybody's safe. Right. Uh, so we will monitor that all the time. And our job as coaches is to take notes and help them with their teaching and that. And the the longer time they have to look, you know, recognize, get that, build their confidence, recognize what they're looking for, uh, how to change things. Um, as you know, uh, a lot of the time it's not what the problem is, it's what causes the problem we've got to try and find. And, and so if we can uh, work our students, our new intensive writing students to work through our summer camp programs and then straight into our normal program, um, they will be teaching, working, lunging, lunging our students, teaching our students. They'll be uh, learning all their skills as well as them having lectures and being taught and riding and jumping as well. Right. And why don't you talk about your summer camps? Because I think when, as I travel around giving clinics, that's the biggest question. Where can I go? Uh, you know, a, a lot of colleges offer camps, but mm -hmm. talk about your camps, talk about levels. Do they come for the entire seven weeks? Do you have shorter? Just do. Yeah. Talk about that well, our bit. summer camp program, we have, uh, we call it the Bonnie Castle Riding Camp, and it's a six week camp. Uh, students come for two weeks at a time. So, <clears throat> Uh, they come for a two-week stint, and then during that camp, obviously, first and primar primary is safety, and then fun, and then learning. And so um, when I talk about the learning side, we do, again, the British Horse Society Challenge Awards here. Oh. So we do awards that we we do from the, the British Horse Society, where students, when they come here, our our camps are a little bit different from other camps in the sense that uh, with a, with most camps, I'm not saying all, but with a lot of camps, a student will go to camp, have a great time, you know, do lectures, do their writing, 
And then the following year, they go back and they do the same lectures, same writing. Mm -hmm. Following year, they go back, it's the same. And then they just don't go to camp anymore. Mm -hmm. They go somewhere else because it's like same old, same old. We have a system here, which is award challenges. They are bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. And Ooh. each system, each system has has a book uh, has booklets that are there's eight booklets in bronze, for instance. It's uh, you know know your horse, uh, riding, jumping, lunging, uh, hacking, whatever it is. Uh, they have lectures geared towards those booklets, okay. and at the end of camp, the instructors sign off on them to say that they are competent at doing this. It's not an exam. But we make sure that everybody's competent, whether it's tying up a horse with a quick release knot correctly, grooming correctly, picking out feet, whatever it is. Um, they get um, they get signed off from from the camp instructors, and then I uh, authorize it all, and then I send it back to the UK, and then they get all their certifications. They wow! Get, yeah, they get certificates back and badges. Oh, and so so they come the first year. And they work on their bronze. Now, some students can, you know, if they're competent riders and knowledgeable with horses, they get through bronze really quick the yeah. first year. Yeah. And so the next year they come back, they're working on silver, which is now including their jumping. So they now okay. they're jumping more. Um, if they, as they go through their, their silver, um, then the level, the knowledge has to be more. So we have separate lectures for silver people. And then the following year, they come back because they've got their silver. Well, now they're jumping higher. They're learning more about lateral work and that in their lessons. Right. And so um, the instructors here and the uh, counselors that we have that we handpick that um, are very good and the BHS instructors, we all teach and lecture these lectures because we're all keeping to the standard. And um, it's a lot of fun, but the students have progression when they come every year. They're not just doing the same thing. They're always working to the next stage. And yeah. then obviously, as you go up the levels, they get harder and harder. Right. You know, so right. it might not be they get it in there. You know, most people get bronze in their first two weeks of being here. Next yeah. year, they probably might get through two or three books in silver. And then the next year they come, they carry on. The next year they finish it and then they go for the gold and they're just working up with everything. Yeah. So we do that. And, and our camps, um, I'm very pleased to say, are fully booked every year with the waiting list of 40 to 60 students. Oh, my gosh. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we, when we open up, we're automatically full and we're full with the students who all came last year or the year before or the year before. They that's just great. automatically sign up. So that's our, our six-week Bonnie Castle camp. Then we do a horsemanship camp. Now, they also have a British Horse Society booklet. And this is it, it's so cute. Uh, these little booklets, uh, like the Shetland book or whatever. Yeah. Um, these are students who do the, the um, horsemanship camp are non-riders. They've never okay. ridden before. So okay. we start them off as non-riders. They do their uh, grooming and tacking up and learning parts of the saddle and that. But they have these little booklets that they get little stickers that they have on, you know. Okay. And they have loads of stickers, whether it's being helpful at the barn or they help yeah. sweep or whatever. Um, and they work through their little booklets as well. Oh, that's great. Um, and our, our horsemanship camp is our feeder program for our Bonnie Castle camp. Sure. So yeah. um, and that's full as well all yeah. the time. So yeah. we're, we're always excited about uh, doing camp. Um, 
you know, I, I don't think my instructors are always excited about doing camp after finishing a year with our students, which is right. very busy, uh, right. and then doing a summer camp program. But we love to do it. And um, we, we always look about how do we progress in what we're doing? How, how do right. we get better? How do how do we keep our students coming back? Um, you know, it's having that niche. You know, our British Horse Society is a niche. Only high school in America that does it. Our camp, we have a niche. We're the only ones who do this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's always about safe education in horses and, and working them through it. So we're always excited. And I have a great team here as well. Yeah. And as we wind down here, George, what do you like to do when you're not working? I know we have talked, you're working all the time, but but when you get a moment, what do you like to do? Well, like I say, I do also the, the legal expert. So I do cases yeah. with that. Uh, I'm also a realtor as well. Oh, oh, okay. Because you needed to. <laughs> because I have something else better to, to fill do. up the three minutes every day that you didn't already have full. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. And uh, and I also have a consultancy business as well. Of course you do. Yeah. Uh, us, uh, us, I've started calling myself a horsemanship instructor instead of riding instructor. Right. So, so us horsemanship instructors, we just can't, can't let it. Can't let it sit. No, we got it. We got to do 80,000 things. Yeah, Sounds exactly. Familiar. We have to keep moving all the time. Um, yeah. You know, but, you know, as you know, it's a it's a it's a full time job just running your program. Right. Yeah. And, and making it lucrative and uh, you, you, and just running the business as it is. You know, I find now that I, I tend to just work on my bhs program and teaching now um because you know i have a business to run i have i found over the years that um the older i'm getting the the less i teach in the sense of competition riders and that right. because i'm always trying to focus on the business as as it you know to keep it profitable and, and moving forward and i think right. that's uh, a key thing with anybody who's running the, these businesses they're not easy to run yes well, thank you, George, so much for taking time and talking about um, the B the British Horse Society and you and a little bit about Stoneleigh Burnham. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Take care. This podcast is supported in part by the Interscholastic Equestrian Association, now celebrating 20 years of providing competitive opportunities to thousands of youth riders in hunt seat, western, and dressage. Give your rider a leg up into collegiate equestrian sport without the need to own a horse. Membership for the 2022-2023 IEA season will open in June. For more information, visit rideiea.org or follow IEA on social media at rideiea. Thank you for listening to the Athletic Equestrian Podcast. If you'd like more information on this podcast or any of our other podcasts, you can contact me at athleticequestrian at gmail.com. This podcast was produced by Jack Boyata and the music is by Kitcher. Kitcher.